0: This is CNN Breaking News.
1: Welcome to The Lead. I'm Jake Tapper, and we start with our world lead and a vow from Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu that his country's response to the horrific terrorist attacks carried out by Hamas over the weekend is just beginning. This is just a glimpse of what that response from the Israeli military has looked like over the last few hours. Explosion after explosion, lighting up the night sky in Gaza with very real consequences on the ground in Gaza as Israel launched what it is calling wide-scale strikes on Hamas targets. The Israeli army also released video showing some of the strikes it carried out earlier today. You can see the buildings absolutely flattened. Hamas retaliated by firing more than 100 rockets at Israeli cities along the coast. This was the scene in Ashkelon, north of Gaza, even after the Israeli air defense system intercepted most, if not all, of the rockets, cars on fire, debris littering the streets. At least 900 people have been killed so far in Israel by Hamas terrorists, according to the Israeli army. Of the 900, the vast majority appear to have been civilians. The Biden administration says at least nine were U.S. citizens. The barbaric nature of Hamas has been on full display over the last few days with Hamas terrorists kidnapping children, killing the elderly, and there are reports of young women raped. The terrorist group announced in the last few hours that they will begin to execute the civilian hostages that they took and broadcast videos of those executions, those murders, if Israel continues to attack Gaza civilians in their homes without warning. That's the words of Hamas. Throughout the next few hours, we will be speaking to family members who are desperately waiting for news about their loved ones who were kidnapped by Hamas. Among the nine U.S. citizens killed in the Hamas terrorist attacks is Deborah Matias, a mother who died shielding her her son from bullets. Matias' father told CNN Today he was on the phone with her when she was killed deborah's husband shlomi who was an israeli citizen was also killed their son was shot in the stomach but is expected to recover there is still no clear number as to how many u.s citizens are missing or have been taken hostage jacob ben senior believes that his daughter danielle was kidnapped danielle is an israeli american citizen her family says she was born in los angeles but largely grew up in Israel. Danielle was working at the music festival along the Gaza-Israel border, the festival that was attacked by Hamas terrorists early Saturday. These disturbing images show some of the carnage and terror that Hamas Hamas unleashed. Shooting attendees at point-blank range, taking these largely young people hostage. Israeli rescuers say they found at least 260 dead bodies at that site. Danielle's family has not heard from her since Friday. Our coverage starts with CNN's Clarissa Ward. And Clarissa, you were on the ground earlier in Stirot and saw rockets firing over your head as the Israeli military pounded Gaza with rockets. Now it's night. You're in Ashkelon, just north of the Gaza border. Are you still seeing uh, rockets firing into Gaza?
2: Yeah, it's really sort of extraordinary, Jake. Uh, the tempo today was just relentless. Rockets, but also uh, strikes, of course, ferocious strikes on the Gaza Strip. And then just after Prime Minister ben- Benjamin Netanyahu spoke for about an hour, you could hear a pin drop. Nothing No jets, no drones, no strikes, no rockets. And just now, literally in the last two minutes, we're starting to hear some jets again. We've heard some strikes in the distance. So not at all clear uh, what was going on during that lull of just about one hour. But certainly, I think that the anticipation of a ground offensive has been somewhat stalled by Netanyahu's remarks, where he didn't really seem to decisively say one way or the other uh, what the next steps of the war are going to be. He did just make the point that he's made several times now to the Israeli people um, that it's not going to be quick and it's not going to be easy. And it certainly hasn't been easy uh, for people on either side of this border today. The uh, Palestinian death toll has now risen to 687. And as I said before, I mean, just the ferocity of the bombardment of Gaza uh, throughout the day has has been astonishing, Jake. I've not seen anything like it in quite some time.
1: Earlier today, you and your crew uh, had a frightening moment. You had to shelter in a ditch from incoming rockets. Uh, let's play that moment. Go to the right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Look, get down. Down.
3: Yeah, quick, quick, quick. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Okay. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You're okay. You're all right. You're all
2: right. Okay. That's the iron guy. <sighs> right. That's the iron guy. Yeah. <sighs> 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 <Yep>. <sighs> Guys. Are you seeing our situation, guys?
3: Yes. Okay.
2: (sighs) Stay down. We have to stay here. Fuck.
1: We're so glad you're okay.
2: Thanks, Jake. I mean, listen, I think the real sort of takeaway from that is that, you know, we just experienced a small sample of what people on both sides of this border are going through every single day. Uh, These barrages of rockets have been pretty relentless and it's had a devastating effect. Uh, Certainly here in the city of Ashkelon, where I am now, when we came back to the hotel, there were many people whose houses, uh, one woman in her house, had been destroyed. Uh, People shaking like leaves, trying to get rooms in the hotel, trying to work out where to take cover. Uh, And, of course, you're seeing scenes of absolute desperation and buildings being flattened on the Gaza side of the border as well. And the anticipation for the moment, as, you know, as Netanyahu said, is that this isn't going to end anytime soon, Jake.
1: Larissa Ward, thanks so much. Joining us now is Abby Owen. She's an American who's been living in Israel for the last eight years. She has family members uh, who were kidnapped uh, by Hamas. They include her eight-year-old cousin, Carmela Don, uh, Carmela's son-in-law Ofer Calderon, and Carmela's grandchildren uh, Saher, Erez, and Noya. Abby, I am so sorry to hear about what's happened to your family. What can you tell us about what happened and how they got kidnapped?
4: Thank you, thank you so much for having me on. Like most Israelis, we woke on Saturday to sirens, um, and we thought it was, you know, the the regular kind of. War, but we quickly, you know, began talking to all of our family members. We have family all over the country and um, Carmela and her family live on near Oz, which is a kibbutz really close to Gaza. And we started getting messages via WhatsApp that Hamas was in the kibbutz, that they were in their homes, that they could hear gunfire uh, and that they were scared for their lives.
1: What do you want the world to know about these missing relatives, these abducted innocent civilians?
4: That this was an awful surprise attack on a holy day in Israel, that this is not connected to the pol- political part of this conflict, this is humanitarian, these are people's grandparents and children, there are cho- children who are special needs, there are parents, and that any one of us as, as a parent, as, as a mother, as a sister, as a daughter, I, it is anyone's worst nightmare, and we just want people to understand the humanitarian piece of this and to help make sure that that we put all the pressure on necessary to get them home safely.
1: You've been living in Israel for the last eight years. Um, Obviously, uh, it is a place where there has been this conflict um, between the Israelis and the Palestinians, specifically between uh, the governments, the uh, Israeli uh, government and the uh, government of Hamas and in Gaza and the Palestinian authority in the West Bank uh, did you ever think anything like this 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 invasion this now this war these terrorist attacks on Saturday would happen on on this scale
4: no this is unprecedented and unfathomable look i also think it's important to say that there's a difference between the Palestinian people and hamas hamas is a terror group they are terrorists who terrorized israeli civilians on saturday and continuing and and that is, is what we want people to know, is that you can care for the Palestinian people and you can still be against terror and against Hamas and pro-humanitarian life and bringing these people home. These are civilians. And we just want to make sure that they come home.
1: If you could send one message to those who are holding your loved ones hostage right now, what, what would you say to them?
4: To think about your own mother, to think about your child. And to know that all you ever want for them is peace and safety. And this is not the way to solve anything.
1: The government of Israel right now says um, that they want to block off all water and food and electricity um, from the Gaza Strip. Uh, And uh, I'm wondering uh, if you think, I'm wondering what your response is to that. Because obviously I think what Hamas did is beyond words. I cannot even imagine waking up to that. Um, it keeps me up at night thinking about that. Um, but I also know that there are more than 2 million people in Gaza. And as you just noted, Palestinians are not the same thing as Hamas. And I'm wondering what, right. you, think of, I'm wondering what you think about that response of, of blockading and My- keeping all food, water and, and electricity out of Gaza.
4: My heart breaks for, for all the civilians in this situation, and I am not in the place to make decisions about kind of military or government tactics, but I, I only hope that whatever happens results in the safe return of these hostages.
1: Yeah, God bless uh, your family, uh, Abby, and God bless, uh, and we are all hoping and, and praying for the safe return uh, of your family. We'll be keeping them in, in our thoughts.
4: Thank you so much. Uh,
1: The government of Israel now confirms that Americans are among the scores of hostages taken by the terrorist group uh, Hamas. So what is the Biden administration planning on doing to get them back or help the Israelis get them back? Uh, We'll talk to the National Security Council spokesman John Kirby next. Just into CNN, President Biden plans to hold a call this afternoon with the leaders of France, Germany, Italy, and the UK to discuss a coordinated response to the Hamas attacks in Israel. That's according to sources who say the call is expected to focus on how to provide both military and humanitarian aid to Israel. Joining us now, the National Security Council spokesman, John Kirby, Admiral Kirby. Uh, as of right now, we know know of at least nine U.S. citizens. Um, who were killed uh, because of Hamas' attack on Israel. Do we expect that number to rise?
5: Um, Jake, it's hard to say, but, but sadly, yes, I think we, we, we are bracing here uh, at the White House for the possibility that, uh, that more Americans uh, could end up having been killed uh, in these terrible, reprehensible attacks. And we also have a number of Americans, Jake, that their whereabouts are unknown. Uh, they're unaccounted for. Uh, and we're also deeply concerned uh, about the possibility, the likelihood uh, that some of those Americans could also uh, now be held hostage by Hamas.
1: Can you give us any numbers on those with the understanding that you're still searching for people and that the number of, of those unknown, whereabouts unknown, does not necessarily mean kidnapped?
5: Uh, We we know I'm not able really to give you a number right now. I mean, there's just so much we don't know. And then we're working literally every hour with Israeli officials to try to get more granularity on these Americans, where they are uh, and and how they are. Uh, But no, I'm afraid I don't have more detail. That's why I'm saying we have to assume uh, or I should say accept the possibility that some of them are being held hostage.
1: I know that there are Americans uh, who are who who have loved ones, uh, other Americans in Israel who they have not been able to reach since Saturday, who they do expect uh, have been taken hostage, if it turns out that Americans are being held hostage by Hamas. uh, Is it possible that special operations would be discussed in U.S.? Special operations forces would be discussed to rescue them? I've seen members of Congress uh, posit that as a possibility.
5: What I can tell you, Jake, is that we take the safety and security of Americans overseas very, very seriously. uh, And you've seen us act uh, as, as efficiently and effectively as we can to get Americans that are being held hostage or wrongfully detained in some cases uh, back home with their families. We will continue to do that in this case as well. Their safety and security matter to us. How we go about working on that, again, we don't even know if or how many are being held hostage, but how we would go about doing that, obviously we wouldn't detail too much publicly.
1: How does a, 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 an administration, how does a White House make the decision as to how involved to get when a terrorist group kills Americans abroad and or kidnaps Americans abroad. I I understand it's not an easy decision necessarily if it takes place abroad, but if they are Americans uh, and it is an ally country, that must always be at least on the table.
5: I would tell you, broadly speaking, uh, that we will do what we need to do Uh, to protect our national security interests there in the region. We will certainly do what we need to do to look after the safety and security uh, of the American people. Uh, One of the reasons you you saw yesterday, we moved a carrier strike group into the eastern Mediterranean uh, as a measure of reassurance, but also deterrence. So without speaking to specifics or hypotheticals, uh, this president will do what he has to do to look after our national security interests, and that's just just the way it's going to be.
1: If the Israeli government makes a decision that they cannot... Uh, in good conscience, continue to allow Hamas to operate and govern uh, in the Gaza Strip? Uh, Is that something that the U.S. government would dissuade them or permit? What, what, What would the U.S. say to something like that, to a decision like that?
5: Well, I I certainly don't want to get ahead of decisions that haven't been made yet or articulated by the Israeli side uh, or any potential policy decisions one way or another. I would just tell you that what we're focused on right now is making sure that Israel has what it needs to defend itself. There's security assistance that's uh, already arriving and more will be coming in days to come. Uh, We want to make sure that they've got the tools and the capabilities that they need to defend themselves. But as to policy, political decisions that they might make going forward, I I wouldn't want to get ahead of where they are.
1: What is the response uh, to the Wall Street Journal story that Hamas uh, and Hezbollah sources told the Wall Street Journal that Iran uh, had planning, played a role in planning and executing uh, the intricately planned and executed terrorist attacks on Saturday that Iran and the Revolutionary Guard played a role. Uh, I I know that officials have told CNN they have yet to find a smoking gun directly linking Iran to it. Um, But but what do you think?
5: Well, there's no question, Jake, that uh, Iran has complicity here. I mean, they've been supporting Hamas now for many, many years, tools, training, capabilities, Uh, certainly rhetorically, uh, uh, the supreme leader out there uh, basically cheering on this attack. So there's a complicity there. But what we haven't seen, and our Israeli counterparts have said the same thing, we just haven't seen a piece of intel or evidence that directly links Iran to these complex, as you put it, very complicated set of attacks uh, over the last couple of days. That doesn't mean that we won't still. We're still looking at that. We're going to monitor that. We're going to uh, obviously share our perspectives with uh, the Israeli intelligence community as well. We just haven't seen that.
1: How about the claim by Egyptian sources to the Associated Press uh, that President al-Sisi told Netanyahu that they were picking up some word uh, that there was a major strike from Gaza being planned?
5: Yeah, I can't confirm that reporting uh, either. I've seen that AP story and just not able to confirm that. Uh, again, we're going to continue to dig through the intelligence picture to try to learn as much as we can uh, about what happened here. And there will be a time, Jake, when it's re- appropriate to, to go back in time and look at you know, sort of what, what the intel picture was saying, who knew what, when, uh, and whether something was missed or not. But that's not now. The time now is to make sure that uh, the Israeli people know we are fully in support uh, of, of their peace and their security and that uh, their military forces are getting the capabilities they need.
1: Is it true that Prime Minister Netanyahu told President Biden yesterday that Israel does not have any choice but to unleash a ground operation in Gaza?
5: I won't speak to the details of that private conversation. Uh, I would just tell you that the the president appreciated the opportunity to talk to the prime minister and to make sure he knew uh, how solidly in support we were uh, of him and the Israeli people. And I think I'll just leave it at that.
1: Today, Hamas announced uh, that they're going to start executing their hostages if Israel continues uh, to target people in Gaza without warning. Uh, are you concerned about that announcement?
5: Well, of course we are. I mean, the, the barbarity of these attacks are, are just off the charts in terms of the violence that they have visited uh, upon innocent Israeli citizens and civilians, just people going about their lives, going to a music festival. So when we hear those kinds of uh, threats it's chilling, and we're obviously we have to take it seriously. And, of course, the Israelis are taking it seriously as well. We're obviously concerned because we don't know if there's Americans that uh, are in this hostage pool potentially. So, yes, it's very chilling, and yes, we're taking it seriously.
1: So we were just told that the number of Americans killed by Hamas has been updated to 11. It was 9 at the beginning of our conversation. It is now 11. Do we have any idea... Uh, how any of these Americans were killed?
5: No, I don't think we have specific details on um, on how tragically these Americans uh, lost their lives. Uh, we are in touch with the families. We will continue to ha- make sure that we are in communication with them as they go through just has to be unspeakable grief and sorrow and shock at the loss of uh, of their loved ones we 'll stay in touch with them, make sure that they 're getting the support that they need, but no jake i 'm afraid we don 't have uh, a lot of granular detail on uh, on how they met their deaths, other than to say it was at the hands of just unspeakable horrific uh, terrorism
1: I mean the images that we 're seeing of of mm. children kidnapped of of young of young women who have been uh, abducted, who have blood in their pants because they 've presumably been repeatedly raped. It's horrifying. i I've, I've, there's been a lot of death and destruction in that region, but I've never seen anything like this.
5: I, uh, <clears throat> I, it, sorry. It's, it's very, <clears throat> excuse me, very difficult to look at these images, Jake, uh, it, it, and the, the, the human cost. And these are human beings. They're, family members, their friends, their loved ones, cousins, brothers, sisters. Yeah, it's difficult. And I apologize.
1: Nothing to say sorry for. John Kirby, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. A CNN photojournalist tonight captured this, a strike hitting in Gaza, lighting up the night sky ahead. Just what, just what does Hamas want after the terrorist group launched the horrific assault over the weekend? Stay with us.
6: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: A CNN photojournalist tonight captured this, a strike hitting in Gaza, lighting up the night sky. We're also getting some breaking news into the lead. The Pentagon says that the US is now surging support to Israel, including air defense and munitions. CNN has previously reported Israel has asked for more interceptors for its Iron Dome defense mechanism. I want to bring in retired Major General James spider Marks, General, exactly what's included when we're talking about air defense or munitions requests?
3: Well, Jake, it's a combination of what you would see placed on the ground as well as networked with what might be in the eastern Mediterranean, we know that there are naval ships that are arriving into the, uh, into the area shortly. Those are linked. Targets are acquired from one and then passed to a shooting battery someplace else. So the Iron Dome is incredibly capable, but obviously it has been overwhelmed by the number of rockets that have come in both from Hamas in Gaza and from the Lebanese Hezbollah up north.
1: General, Hamas is, you know, by far not the only terror organization in this region. You just mentioned um, one of them. Walk us through some of the other ones.
3: Yeah, the real, the real difficulty right now is the world is focused in on Gaza. Israel is very, very aware that they are not going to get what's called target-focused exclusively in on Gaza. They have to be very concerned about what's happening up near the Golan in the north with Lebanese Hezbollah. And then the West Bank has got the Islamic Jihad as well as the Al-Asqa Brigade. So Israel is very, very conscious of the fact that they've got a very broad mission set in front of them, but also bear in mind they've just mobilized close to 300,000 in order to account for all of that.
1: Retired U.S. Army Major General James spider Marks, thanks so much for your expertise. Uh, Video shows the unrelenting strikes inside of Gaza earlier today as Israel retaliates for that unprecedented terrorist attack by Hamas. Over the years, Hamas has claimed many attacks on Israel. It's designated a terrorist organization by both the U.S. and the European Union, as well as Israel. CNN's Sam Kiley explores how terrorists from Hamas pulled off the unthinkable, killing more than 900 people, most of them civilians, leaving entire communities in ruin and turning innocent
0: civilians into hostages. propaganda, a blatant threat, and published last year, Hamas gunmen training on motorized paragliders. They also showed meticulous planning for fighting in built-up areas, all an historic failure of Israeli intelligence. Hamas' videos of the start of their assaults from Gaza were published within hours of its launch. Malevolently bold in execution, Hamas targeted Israeli machine gun nests and command posts. They knocked out Israeli military communications and crippled command and control. They swept into Israeli territory and launched a wave of atrocities, killing at least 900 people in the worst Israeli setback in 50 years. Once a branch of the Muslim Brotherhood, Hamas, a Sunni movement, won Palestinian elections in 2006 on a platform of social reform and resistance to Israel. Riven by corruption and incompetence, rivals Fatah launched attacks immediately against the movement, which denies the right of Israel to exist at all. In the end, Hamas won control of Gaza. And its grip on the enclave of around two million people tightened, as Israel and Egypt largely sealed it off, causing intense humanitarian problems. Hamas responded with waves of rocket attacks against Israel that got worse as the years went by. Israel counter from the air and with ground assaults that left thousands dead and Hamas still in charge. But Iran's influence has been key to Hamas's military power.
7: The Iranians have trained Palestinian engineers in how to establish rocket manufacturing in Gaza. We know that the Iranians have um, provided certain production equipment which you need for the production of solid propellant rockets to Gaza and to other places as well.
0: In the past, infiltrations were limited to attacks from tunnels. Hamas successfully hid its bigger plans for months. Meanwhile, Israel's right-wing government focused its efforts on growing Palestinian violence on the West Bank.
8: There are extensive meetings with the resistance factions in Gaza and the West Bank and with our brothers abroad about starting that fight.
0: This spokesman also told me that he'd recently been training forces in Lebanon, most likely alongside Iran-backed Hezbollah. The next phase that Hamas and its allies will have planned for is Israel's almost inevitable ground invasion. The last in 2014 was chaotic.
7: Hamas had a long time to prepare for exactly this kind of scenario. There is a chance that Hamas-Palestinian Islamic Jihad might reveal a new capability um, that could have a tremendous impact on, on the strategic balance as well.
0: Israel knows it must battle Hamas on its own turf, in urban areas latticed with explosive traps and riddled with secret tunnels. And Hamas will draw on the experience of Iran-backed Hezbollah, which ravaged Israel's armour in 2006, all the while trying to protect the lives of at least 130 hostages that Hamas says they will kill if Israel's attacks continue, dealing with violent groups backed by Iran, a country that's bent on destroying Israel and building a nuclear weapon that could do just that.
1: And our thanks to Sam Kiley for that report. Coming up, the painful reality for so many families right now. I'm going to talk with the loved one of a hostage taken by Hamas. Stay with us. We're back with our coverage of the war right now. Hamas is warning it will execute the hostages it kidnapped over the weekend if Israel continues to retaliate in Gaza. I want to bring in Shelly Shemtov. Hamas kidnapped her 21-year-old son, Omer, from the Supernova Music Festival on Saturday. They kidnapped him and took him to Gaza. Um, Shelly, when did you last hear from your son?
9: Uh, I heard from my son uh, on uh, Saturday morning at 8 o'clock when uh, he was uh, he called us that he is in uh, he was in panic uh, he told us that there are shooting guns and a uh, big master and he tried to escape with a friend's car and uh, my daughter told him to to send a, a a Google uh, live uh, and and he sent us the, the 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 Google live and then we saw he he told us i will talk with you i will talk with you and then we saw in the, in the Google uh, live map that he is uh, going to to near the the board and then we saw that he's moving into uh, Gaza, and it was the last time that we contacted him.
1: Do you, do you know anything about his condition right now? Has, has Hamas or the IDF or the Israeli government, has, has there been any communication? I don't know. Yeah.
9: I, I, I don't know what what is what his condition. I, I know only uh, on Saturday night we got a Telegram video that uh, Omer he yeah. uh, he was lying uh, down in uh, in the back uh, of a pickup truck uh, handcuffed. Uh, and this is the, the 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 video that we saw i saw that uh, saw that he is alive and he looks um, uh, that he's, he's okay he didn't get hurt uh, so i know he's alive but from that uh, video uh, till now i don't know nothing nothing what
1: message would you want to convey to the kidnappers, the people that have him right now, what do you want to tell them if they're watching right now?
9: I just want my, my baby, my, my son back. And I want it, it to end. And I want to say to everybody that I'm a nightmare. And I'm, it's a nightmare that, that is a few days that, that I don't know what to do and how to help my son. I cannot help him. And the, things that I, the thing that I want, it's only that he will come back on. Uh, that's it. That's it.
1: Shelly uh, Shemtov, we will be thinking and praying for your son. Thank you so much for telling your story. Please stay in touch with us so that we can continue to stay on top of your son's story. Thank you. Did the U.S. have any hints ahead of the Hamas attack on Israel? I'm going to talk to the top member of the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee next. And we are back with the breaking news in the world lead. We learned just this hour that 11 Americans uh, were killed by Hamas in their terrorist attacks in Israel. As we hear more of the devastating details about what happened, there are a lot of questions, including questions about what intelligence there may have been or not ahead of the attacks. Joining us now, Senator Marco Rubio, Republican in, of Florida and vice chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Uh, Senator, thanks so much um, for, for joining us, obviously this was an intelligence failure. Um, most importantly, of course, it was a brutal, hideous terrorist attack, but obviously in addition, it was a terrorist, it was a, an intelligence um, failure. Um, what went wrong, do you think?
7: Well, first of all, I, I don't characterize the nature of intelligence in general, certainly not American intelligence. The Israelis themselves have said, their public officials have admitted they were caught, surprised, they certainly weren't prepared. And that's a process they're gonna have to go through and they've done that in the past when there have been failures. Uh, Now they need to win a war and they need to destroy Hamas and then that moment will come. I think from our perspective, we'll have to go back and see if we in fact missed any signs. But what I think has been known for a long time, now no one can tell you they knew that it was gonna happen at this time on this day, but what we have known for a long time and for which there is no mystery is number one, there is no Hamas without Iran and Iranian support. Number two, Hamas actively trains and prepares and aspires for the day in which it can help bring about the destruction of the Jewish state of Israel. And um, those things were known. Now, obviously, if there were signs missed about an imminent attack or what was about to happen, those are things we'll have to work through as well here internally on our end. But right now, I think the focus has to be uh, entirely at this moment on uh, understanding, obviously, w- w- helping Israel and whatever they need us to help them with uh, to win this battle against this, these, these degenerates and then, and then figure out, you know, down the road, obviously, at the same time, in some cases, simultaneously, where we can improve. Because intelligence remains viable for what might come tomorrow or a week from now.
1: Do you know anything about the reports from Egyptian sources um, that President al-Sisi uh, made a warning, to, delivered a warning to Benjamin Netanyahu that something big was going to happen? Uh, from Gaza. The Associated Press is reporting this.
7: Well, all I know is what the Israeli uh, response to that has been. I, ble- I believe they have denied that as being the case. Um, I can only speculate that if that were the case, I don't know why Israel would ignore that. I don't believe they would, um, you know, to the extent that... Uh, but but that's all I can comment on, it, yeah. obviously. is That's all I've seen. I saw that reporting on it today, and, and obviously I've seen the Israeli denial.
1: Is there a way for... Israel to destroy Hamas without causing massive casualties against the innocent people uh, of Gaza. There are more than two million people uh, in the Gaza Strip and and roughly a million of them are children. Yeah. I
7: don't think there's any way Israel can be expected to coexist or find some diplomatic off-ramp. Uh, with these savages, I mean, these are people as you have been reporting and others have seen that deliberately targeted teenage girls, women, children, the elderly, not just for rape and 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 murder, but then dumping their bodies off in the streets of of Gaza, where the crowds can then defile their their lifeless bodies. I mean, just horrifying things, and I don't think we know the full extent of it yet. I mean, there's more to come in the days and weeks ahead. You can't coexist; they have to be eradicated. And you've pointed out to the very difficult challenge ahead. This is going to be incredibly painful, this is going to be incredibly difficult, and it's, it's going to be horrifying, uh, the price to pay. But even more horrifying is allowing a group like this to continue to be a viable group operating uh, from a space that they control. I wish you know, in an ideal world people would tell you that there is, but I just don't I, I don't see any other option. It's a terrible option but it remains the only option and I think the blame will squarely be on Hamas for using people, human beings, as they have for a long time, and the way Hezbollah does as well as shields. They deliberately put their missile launchers, their headquarters, their operational near places they know where civilians are going to be. Israel's in a very difficult spot here with no great options, but only one option that actually serves their national interest. And I just don't see any other way forward.
1: I I hate to say it, but that's just the case. You warned back in March that the internal political strife in Israel between Netanyahu and the Israeli Supreme Court was weakening uh, its security, its readiness, and it was a cause for concern. Um, I know that you are, your answer is likely going to be that it's time to focus on defeating Hamas uh, and and the like, but uh, do you see those vulnerabilities as having played out here?
7: Well, I I think the Israelis have admitted as much, that their enemies calculated that and thought, well, they're a divide, you know, when you have a reservist group saying they're not going to report to duty, I think that is one of the things that would encourage an enemy to attack. I think the Israelis would acknowledge that. And um, uh, as well, I think they've miscalculated because obviously you've seen Israelis come together at the moment and, and, and respond to this and put aside those political differences because they share a common enemy, a common threat. And it's an ex- existential threat. What everybody needs to understand, I know you've reported this another said it, Hamas, the clear goal of Hamas is not to take back land. The goal of Hamas is to eradicate, to eliminate the Jewish state of Israel, that there be no Jewish state of Israel. That's their goal. I don't know how you negotiate with a group like that. I don't know how you can't. And so I I think there's awareness of that in Israel, what they're dealing with. And I think these images have served to reinforce. I think the prime minister earlier today said we have long known who Hamas is. Now the world is seeing who they actually are. So I think those differences right now do not seem to be impeding their efforts to confront this. Now, as you well know, as well as anybody, Israeli politics are very vibrant. There's... There's obviously a lot of back and forth, and that will continue in the long term. But in the midterm, it seems they've come together, and that's the right approach because they're facing a very, probably the most significant attack on Israeli territory
1: in their history. Republican Senator Marco Rubio of Florida, the Vice Chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, thank you so much. We appreciate your time today. Thank, thanks, thanks, Jake. Thank you. On the right side of your screen, you see these new live images uh, out of Gaza with the Israelis continuing the bombardment uh, of Hamas targets. Uh, We're also hearing some news stories coming out of Israel that are frankly heartbreaking and terrifying. Um, Coming up next, I'm going to be joined by somebody who was on the ground in Israel and had to shelter as the first explosions rang out. Stay with us. From executive producers Park chan
10: and Robert Downey Jr., The Sympathizer is the new HBO original limited series based on the Pulitzer Prize-winning novel of the same name. Join me, Philip Nguyen, a scholar of Vietnamese-American culture and the cast and crew as we discuss the making of this historic series. Subscribe now to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and stream HBO's The Sympathizer starting April 14th exclusively on Max.
1: This
11: is CNN Breaking News.
1: Welcome to The Lead. I'm Jake Tapper and we start this hour with breaking news. The United States is surging military aid to Israel after the devastating surprise terrorist attack by Hamas, which killed at least 900 people, most of them civilians. We have also just learned that number includes at least 11 Americans. This afternoon, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu vowed that israel's response to the horrific attacks is just beginning you are looking right now at images from gaza just moments ago where we are seeing that response play out as israeli forces have fired dozens if not hundreds of rockets into gaza hamas terrorists have taken an unknown number of innocent civilians as hostages today threatening to broadcast their executions if israel strikes homes in gaza without warning We are hearing continued reports of rape. We are hearing reports of people dragged out of their cars and shot. CNN crews witnessed mass execution sites where innocent attendees of a music festival spent their last moments huddled together in a bomb shelter. The shelter was no match for terrorist infiltrators who had guns on the ground. These are images that you should not have to see because, frankly, such depravity, depravity should not exist, but it does. And that depravity, um, which I discussed, led to this response from White House official National Security Council spokesman John Kirby when I asked him about some of the images we've been seeing on the lead just a few minutes ago.
5: I, uh, <clears throat> I, Sorry, it's it's very <clears throat> excuse me, very difficult to look at these images, Jake. Uh, it, it, and the, the the human cost, and these are human beings. They're family members, their friends, their loved ones, cousins, brothers, sisters. Yeah, it's difficult, and I apologize.
1: Of course, he has nothing to apologize for. Some of the images I was referring to had to do with elderly people at a bus stop who had been slaughtered, young women taken, whose uh, taken hostage, their, her, their pants filled with blood, presumably because of being repeatedly raped. Our coverage started starts now with CNN's Nick Robertson. Nick, you were in Raim, Israel, earlier today. That's the site of the music festival where Hamas did mass slaughter of young people taking hostages, rapes. Reportedly, there were young women raped next to the bodies, the dead bodies of their friends. Uh, now you're in Sderot, Israel, just miles from the Gaza border. Israel's been pummeling Gaza all day. Uh, what do you expect uh, will happen uh, this evening?
12: Yeah, Jake, I, I was hoping we might talk. Uh, I'm hit emotionally by listening to the testimony of, of of the people that you were talking to just there because we've been there in Raim and witnessed firsthand what I think they 're talking about that they 've seen the video images of where people had come out those those young party goers at the music festival there uh, had run away from Hamas who who were just murdering and slaughtering them in the fields as they ran away and they'd, go, they'd got to their cars and we, we we saw the line of cars and how they were shot up and how they were strewn across the road as people we're trying to, were trying to escape and trying to save their lives and drive away. And 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 next to that was one of those rocket shelters. There's one just here, but there was one just there. And I went to have a look, and there were torn up shoes outside, and then I could see blood stains. And as I, as I went inside, and this is why I wanted to speak about it now, because it, you know. Being there, I'm trying to be professional, and I'm trying to tell the story and, and bear witness to the to the barbarity and the and the callous, cruel, cold-blooded, calculated killing that Hamas was was ripping upon the, 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 those poor innocent young people. But that listening to to that conversation you were having there with John Kirby, um, it puts me in mind to reflect on physically what we saw. So, so let me explain, because the smell when you step into the shelter is kind of what hits you first and you realize that this stuff on the floor is what you fear it is it 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 it, it, it's blood and you realize in an instant looking at the strewn shell casings on the floor looking at the bullet holes in in the concrete in front of you and and you're sort of you can understand what happened, that people were used to going to these shelters for safety and security from Hamas rockets. And when Hamas were chasing them, they hoped that there was safety and security in these concrete bunkers. And of course, there wasn't, because we we could see what happened. Hamas had gone in there with guns and and quite literally shot them. This is a deployment of military hardware going by. I'm going to pause, had, had, had quite literally shot them in calculated cold blood as they were cowering there on the floor and the blood's on the wall and the blood's on the ceiling and the bullet holes are in the concrete wall and you, 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 you know in that instant how horrible and how terrible it was and your conversation brought that back but I'm moving on. But I wanted to share that because it's important for people to understand. But I'll move on to tonight and what's happening here where you we don't are actually, now.
1: Nick. You don't actually have to move it on. It seems and feels a bit. Yeah, you don't actually have mm. to move on because look, this this is one of the most horrifying terrorist attacks in the history of the world. And one of the things about it is not only is proportionally, if you look at the size of Israel in terms of population, is not only in, in that sense is it is it worse than nine eleven, is that that this was this was done person to person individual to individual you know terrorist to child terrorist to young girl terrorist to senior citizen the remarkably up close and personal nature of this barbarism is one of the things that strikes you about it i mean terrorism is all horrible no matter how it's done whether it's an airplane into a building or a suicide bomber or whatever, it's all awful. But the viciousness, the, the pure inhumanity of this, of these teams of, of Hamas terrorists going into these neighborhoods, these towns, these kibbutzim into this music festival where young people were just trying to listen to music and, and wreaking this evil upon them. <laughs>
12: And it was so organized, Jake, that you, you look at the Hamas vehicles there and they've all got numbers written on them. And you see the body armor of Hamas lying there on the ground where they've been killed. You see, everything's numbered. This was organized. They came in a, in a systematic way and, and just, as you say, unleashed this, this barbarism. But when, you, when, you, when you're standing there in, in front of it, you, un, you understand it, as you do, as John Kirby does, as our audience does, you understand that this was, as you say, face-to-face, utter barbarism and, and terror in the final moments for those, for those, for those people. And, 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 you know, we can only think about their families in this moment. Yeah, that's what, that's what we come here to do, to bear witness, to tell what we see. And, and, uh, and we have, and thank you. Nick Robertson, thank you so much. Really
1: appreciate your uh, time and and your description of what you saw. Um, Thank you for that. We are getting new video from Saturday's music festival massacre. uh, And a warning, it is disturbing. But we are here to tell you what happened. We are not here to hide from you what happened. Dash cam video obtained by CNN shows the terrorists shooting and killing people at point blank range. And the terror, at least 260 people killed experienced. CNN's Nada Bashir filed this report for us.
13: This was Israel's Nova music festival in the early hours of Saturday morning. But in the distance, rockets seemingly intercepted in the dawn sky. The festival then brought to an abrupt, terrifying end as Hamas gunmen launched a deadly rampage, killing hundreds and taking dozens hostage. 21 year old Adi Maisel was among those targeted in the ambush. Her mother hopes she could still be alive, held captive in Gaza, but fears time is quickly running out.
14: I'm a mother who who is looking for her daughter. She's missing. I think, I believe she's hurt. She's bleeding somewhere. And like me, there are more hundreds of families that are looking for their beloved. I'm a mother. I want to protect my kids. That's all I want to do, and I'm sure that all mothers in the other side, in Gaza, in everywhere, that they are not me, are thinking the same thing.
13: Dashcam footage geolocated by CNN shows Hamas gunmen at the site, shooting and killing people at point-blank range. The site of Saturday's massacre now stands eerily quiet cars line nearby streets.
10: <laughs> Hamas
13: claims it has captured more than a hundred Israeli citizens, though no exact figure yet from the Israel Defense Forces. The result? Dozens of families left in anguish, all hoping against hope for a miracle. She called and said, "Mum, they are shooting at us. The car is hit. We are all wounded. I don't know how you feel, but the nightmare of a parent sitting and hearing her child saying, Mum, come and help me, and we cannot do a thing. Nothing. Only to be with her on the phone and say to her, Romy, I love you. Romy, hide. But as their anxious wait continues, questions are also beginning to mount as to how an attack of this scale was allowed to take place.
0: What is happening is unbelievable, simply unbelievable. I join, we join, in the grieving of all the families. We demand answers. Not all the answers will be happy ones.
13: nada Bashir, CNN.
1: And our thanks to Nada Bashir for that report. And nearly three days after the Hamas terrorist attack, the desperate and heart-wrenching work of first responders in Israel continues. Joining us now is Miriam Balin. She runs the Trauma and Crisis Response Unit called United Hatzalah. Miriam, thank you so much for joining us. What has been the response so far?
15: Well, um, horror. (laughs) We're just in horror. We've sent over 1,500 volunteers um, for United Hatzalah, which is a network of community-based volunteer, EMTs, paramedics, and doctors down to the south they have constructed a field hospital on the border. They are seeing sights that they've never seen before, and we are just horrified. We're doing the best we can to be able to stop on, uh, stay on top of all of the, you know, the medical, medical care that needs to be given in these very difficult circumstances. But um, just to give you an idea of some of the calls that we've been seeing, our um, field hospital had a woman come with her children after having been inside her home inside a bomb shelter with terrorists actively trying to break down the door. She stayed there for hours. They eventually then burned down her home to try to get her out. She miraculously lived and came to our our, uh, field hospital with second and third degree burns. Um, We had a woman come to us right after having been rescued after five hours of playing dead in a field near bushes, after having been shot at the festival, the music festival. And she just had to lay there in the bushes waiting for somebody to come rescue her with an open wound to her arm, begging us to save her arm so that she'd be able to be a personal trainer, which was her dream and her ability to be able to uh, provide for her family. I mean, the things that we found two children all alone in a bomb shelter right after their parents had been murdered in the same house and brought them to the field clinic and had to take care of them. Orphaned, just slaying people, murdering people. Vicious, barbaric, it is unbelievable to see what's going on here. As a mother, I'm torn. You know, I'm trying to be a first responder as well as a mom. The kids are asking hard questions. We have no answers for most of the questions. Trying to be able to stay calm with all these fighter jets overhead, with sirens going on all the time, with having to bring children up to the bomb shelter every couple of hours and then stay there, not knowing what tomorrow will bring. It's a really difficult situation here right now.
1: Well, God bless you for the work you're doing. I mean, I can't even imagine it. And then you have five children of your own. Um, yeah. And you can't yeah. ignore their questions. They have a right to ask questions. But
15: Absolutely. We're trying to be honest with them, but at the same time, you know, not create panic and let them feel calm. It's my job as a mother to put a smile on my face and to be able to tell them everything's going to be okay. Um, but at the same time, I don't know what's gonna happen. The escalation and now that Hezbollah and you know the border of Lebanon is now chimed in, um, we really don't know what's gonna end up happening. United Hatela has already um, you know, turned their attention to the North as well, and kind of pivoted an area over there where they can set up a field hospital and to be prepared for anything that may take place up North in the coming days. Um, trying to get equipment all over the country the only beautiful part of it that I can say is watching the community try together to get through this as one. Um, the donations, the volunteer work, the camaraderie, the boosting of morale.
1: Miriam, if, people watching, per- if people watching want to, to help out, wh- where can they go? Where can they contribute?
15: There are organizations that are doing incredible work. There's a lot of information online. United Hotel of Israel is trying to get as much equipment as possible for the people in need down south. They need to have their bulletproof vests and their helmets to be able to do this work safely, Um, especially with um, terrorists on the loose. (laughs) This is just really life threatening work that we're doing for the sake of our community.
1: Miriam Balin, thank you so much for everything you're doing. We're gonna keep you and your family in our thoughts and prayers, please stay safe.
15: Thank you so much, thank you.
1: Every few minutes we see smoke plumes rising in Gaza as even more strikes hit day three of this horror. It's tragic, it's inhumane, it should not be happening. My next guest was in Israel when the first blasts went off. We're back in a moment. And we're back with our breaking news coverage. Two members of the United States Congress were in Israel when Hamas launched its brutal terrorist invasion over the weekend. Democratic Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey says he huddled with people inside bomb shelters and stairwells in his hotel. Democratic Congressman Dan Goldman of New York was in Israel for a bar mitzvah. He was there with his family. Both have now made it back to the United States safely. Congressman Goldman Uh, joins me now. Congressman, tell us uh, what you and your family experienced when Hamas launched this attack. What part of Israel were you in?
11: Well, we were in Tel Aviv, and at 6.30 in the morning, I had a daughter on either side of me in bed, and we were woken up by the sirens uh, that in Israel are well known to reflect uh, missiles being shot into Israel from some border, uh, border territory, border area. Uh, we ran to the stairwell in the interior of the hotel, which is the f- bomb shelter for the hotels, and we remained there until we got the all clear. We had to do that several more times in the morning and again in the evening, um, and we heard the Iron Dome defense system blowing up rockets outside of our window. Um, as the, <clears throat> as we know now, Hamas was... Uh, raining thousands of missiles against Israel while infiltrating on the ground as well and committing a, a horrific massacre, uh, unlike much that we've ever seen uh, in this, on this earth. I wonder um, what
1: your response has been to some of the responses we've seen on the left, uh, including from some Democratic officials uh, that seem to almost even justify uh, these attacks as part of, quote unquote, resistance. Um, I'm sure you've seen them and know what I'm talking yeah,
11: about. Yeah, look, I, I, I have and an, an I think what a couple of things that we need to emphasize here. First of all, uh, this was a horrific terrorist attack by a terrorist organization Uh, that committed brutal and atrocious war crimes against children, against raping women, elderly, indiscriminately killing killing innocent civilians. Uh, There's no both sides to what Hamas did. Uh, And secondly, we also need to recognize that right now, uh, we need to be firmly in Israel's corner. Having suffered such a horrific genocidal attack in a country that was founded in the aftermath of one of the worst genocides ever, the Holocaust. And what we need to remember is that this is not about Israel versus Palestinians. This is about Hamas, a a terrorist organization dedicated to the eradication of Israel and all Jews. It should not exist, it should not be in power and like Al-Qaeda and ISIS, it needs to be eliminated and the Palestinians deserve a robust government uh, for themselves that can be a partner in peace and security and prosperity. And Hamas is not that. I saw a um, post
1: on Instagram today from, I don't want to pick on Yale, your alma mater, <laughs> but it was from uh, Yale's for pa- Palestine. And they promoted a march taking place at Yale this afternoon. And it says, we call on our allies in the Yale community to uplift the calls of Palestinian resistance and march this Monday, October 9th at 3 p.m. in New Haven City Hall, I mean, uplift the calls for Palestinian resistance, two days after the murder of kids and elderly people, the rape of young women. Is that what Palestinian resistance is to these these students?
11: No, and I think that's the unfortunate um, reality of uh, being young and being idealistic and not having necessarily the maturity or the experience to understand where things fit in history. Uh, This is not like the regular, I should say regular, this is not a cycle of violence uh, that has persisted in the Middle East uh, for quite some time. This is wholly different. This was a terrorist attack. And it is not about uprising or resisting. It is out and out war crime terrorism that occurred. And I hope that everybody who's paying attention over there recognizes that we as Americans, must condemn all terrorism, just like we do with Al-Qaeda, with ISIS. Uh, Terrorism has no place in this world, and we must condemn it, and we must root it out. That does not mean that we don't support the Palestinian people. We do, and we want them to flourish, And the reality is that they are being governed by a terrorist organization that has no interest in supporting them, that only has interest in eradicating Jews. And we must, as Americans and as global citizens, stand up to that kind of horrific, atrocious brutality and terrorism. And that is what we're facing here. We are not facing any kind of resistance or freedom fight. Let's make no mistake about it.
1: Democratic Congressman Dan Goldman of New York, we're, we're so glad that you and your family are okay. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jake. Coming up next, the horrific scenes of war, what day three of this war looked like in Gaza before nightfall. Stay with us. You're looking at bombed out areas of Gaza today after Israel ordered a complete siege in response to the horrific Hamas terrorist attacks over the weekend, Israel has ordered a siege of Gaza as it retaliates against Saturday's deadly terrorist attacks. CNN's Ben Wiedemann is live on the ground following the launch of Israel's counteroffensive.
8: Moments after an Israeli airstrike on Gaza's Jabalia refugee camp, desperate calls for help, the dead, the dying, and the injured covered in dust and blood. Israel's wrath is now unleashed upon Gaza.
14: The Israelis,
8: say Ahmed Shemalak, hit the building without warning. They didn't ask us to evacuate. They didn't say anything. Suddenly we heard the airstrike and we ran to the building and found it had completely collapsed. Around 75,000 people in Gaza have already been displaced according to the U.N. Relief and Works Agency, which deals with Palestinian refugees. In this cramped strip of land along the Mediterranean, two million Palestinians are now in the crosshairs of an enemy bent on revenge for Hamas's surprise attack, which left hundreds of Israelis dead and thousands wounded, and dozens now in Hamas captivity. By mid-afternoon, the death toll in Gaza was approaching 600 with almost 3,000 wounded, according to the Palestinian Health Ministry. Gaza and Israel have gone to war many times before, since Hamas took control. This will not be yet another brief outbreak of attack and counter-attack before a return to the status quo. Israel is massing troops and armor on the outskirts of Gaza, preparing in all likelihood for a ground invasion on a scale not seen before. And now Israel's defense minister, Yoav Gallant, has ordered what he called a complete siege of Gaza, cutting off all food, fuel and electricity. That in a place where, according to the World Food Programme, 63% of the population was food-insecure, before this war began. So much has happened since Saturday morning in Israel and Gaza, and it's only the beginning. And it may also be the beginning of trouble on the border with Lebanon. Today three Hezbollah fighters were killed in an Israeli air raid. After that Hezbollah responded, they say, by targeting Israeli military barracks near the border. And what we saw for several hours was uh, Israeli helicopters uh, firing at targets just inside the border in Lebanon. Jake?
1: All right, Ben Wiedemann, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Israel confirms Americans are among hostages taken by Hamas. One correspondent here at CNN has experience in the FBI looking for missing Americans. His take on the calculations U.S. officials are likely making now as they try to find those Americans. That's next.
9: We are desperate, desperate to find our children, please. If anyone can just contact someone that can help us.
14: I'm a mother who's looking for her daughter. Every minute that passes by, the chance to find her alive, you know, are reducing. And there's nothing, nothing anyone can do. So I'm asking you, if you have my daughter, Okay? I'm asking you to remember what it's like to be human.
1: Families are desperately, desperately pleading, pleading with the terrorists who kidnap their loved ones. They're pleading for any information on whether their missing sons or daughters, parents, even grandparents are alive, whether they're wounded, whether they're dead. Israeli authorities have opened a missing persons command center. To try to help these families, try to help them get any answers. I want to bring in CNN's Josh Campbell, who previously was an FBI agent who worked on missing persons cases. Josh, you served on an FBI global response team investigating kidnappings. Where do you even start looking into a case like this
2: one?
16: Well, most critically, it's intelligence. This is obviously a very complex, uh, fraught environment. There's still this fog of war. And that's why, you know, we've heard officials say they don't even know how many people are kid- kidnapped, much less where they might be. We do know that uh, our White House team here at CNN is reporting that the Biden administration is sending advisors over uh, that are experienced with hostage situations. I'm told from, uh, by a law enforcement source just a short time ago that includes personnel from the FBI. Uh, the Israelis obviously very adept themselves at hostage rescues, but all of those personnel need to know where to go. And so that is what is happening behind the scenes right now in this fog of war. Those are the critical components. You have to know you know, where to send forces if a rescue operation is staged. But you ideally also want to know the number of captors and you know, the, the circumstances of the confinement. Right now, it just seems too soon. But that's certainly something that officials are working on.
1: You heard the mom's plea, uh, every minute counts. Take us through how you calculate rescue and, and, and risks. I mean, it seems clear that uh, these hostages are in Gaza somewhere.
16: No, absolutely. And I'll first say at the outset, I mean, we can understand the family members, you know, friends of those who have been taken uh, captive. We can understand their grief and these demands for some type of urgent action. Uh, But, you know, the the hard reality here is that they need that information. But once authorities identify particular locations, you know, where uh, they might be able to stage a particular rescue operation, they have to make that calculation to ensure that the rescue operation itself doesn't put hostages in greater harm than they are right now. And that is tough work to do. Uh, You know, I can tell you, having worked these cases overseas, it is soul-crushing to have to deal with family members, you know, obviously the grief, demanding answers. And one thing I'll just note as well, as you and I are talking right now, there are, you know, no doubt hundreds, perhaps thousands of security officials in Israel that are working to secure the safe return of these hostages. That does weigh on you. Every night that, you know, goes by where you realize that there are more of your compatriots uh, that are being held in captivity, that certainly weighs on you. These officials are obviously steeled, they're trained, but they're not robots. And they're certainly, uh, you know, feeling the strain of this. And and all of us can spare a thought for uh, the weight that comes with that, this urgent effort to try to find these people safely. I don't know how many people
1: watching know that Prime Minister Netanyahu's uh, older brother, Yonatan Netanyahu, uh, was the leader of a special forces group that went in to save a bunch of hostages, uh, Israelis uh, who were taken hostage uh, in the famous raid on Entebbe. Uh, And he was killed uh, during uh, during that raid, as were some hostages, Um, what's your response to Hamas warning uh, that they will execute some of these hostages
16: uh, if Israel, uh, you know, continues to bombard uh, Gaza? Well, first, you summed it up perfectly earlier, calling this depravity, calling this barbaric. It is certainly that. I mean, the idea of taking hostages, uh, but also, you know, more problematic, obviously, is the long term. You know, Senator Marco Rubio, you were speaking with earlier, and he described that the end goal for Hamas is the annihilation of the Jewish state of Israel. That tells uh, those who are trying to secure the release of these hostages that they're not dealing with rational actors in any type of hostage situation. Obviously, this is on a much larger scale uh, than any of us have ever seen. But you try to identify, well, what are the motivations of these attackers that can bring this to some type of resolution? If the resolution itself is not rational, then that certainly puts authorities uh, in, in a much more difficult position. I will note that the, now is the time for uh, other interested parties there in the region, other Middle Eastern countries, ideally, to you know come forward and try to assist to help bring this to an end. I know our colleagues uh, Natasha Bertrand and Alex Markard are reporting that the Qataris have offered to marshal resources to that end, But in an ideal world, other nations in the region will be doing the same thing. But as we've seen with all this barbarism, Jake, obviously we do not live in an ideal world.
1: Josh Campbell, thanks so much. A three-year-old girl was among the Hamas hostages. She's one of the lucky ones. She and her father escaped. Her mother did not. In just a moment, another family member, we're going to tell their story. And we're back with our coverage of the ongoing war right now. Uh, in the Israel Gaza area. So many lives have been forever changed in the worst ways since Hamas terrorists unleashed their brutal attacks on Israel, mainly on Israeli civilians on Saturday. Uh, joining us now is Gilly Roman. His brother in law and three year old niece were able to escape after being kidnapped by Hamas terrorists, but his sister, Yarden, uh, remains missing. Uh, Gilly, I'm, I- I'm so I'm so sorry to hear about everything your family has gone through and is continues to go through. Um, are you able to tell us how your brother-in-law and your niece escaped?
10: Uh, first of all, thank you. For, thank you for the interview um, and to allow me to share uh, this uh, horrific uh, family story uh, that I never imagined that I will need to tell such a story. Um, yeah, then my sister along her, um, her husband and the Geffen, their three years old uh, child, were taken from their home, from the shelter of their home, on Saturday morning. Um, and they were uh, taken by vehicle, um, a stolen vehicle towards Gaza. Uh, along the way, really nearby the border, uh, they managed to um, seize an opportunity Uh, where the terrorists had to um, get out of the car for a few minutes and they decided to run for their life and and escape. Uh, My sister took uh, Geffen in her hands and they just uh, ran out of the car, uh, starting to look for shelter. Um, Then the terrorists noticed them and started shooting and chasing them. Um, basically what happens from there is that uh, they went to a, to a place that uh, seemed like a possible shelter but was irrelevant as they uh, got to it and they decided to keep on running and then, you know, then uh gave uh, Geffen to Elan that he will be able to carry her for longer and run faster with her, uh, which he was able to do. Uh, and yet then um, at a certain point we're talking about brief moments here under fire uh, she decided to um, uh, to hide behind a tree uh, hoping that uh, terrorists will not find her uh, while uh, Alon and Geffen in his hands were able to uh, move farther away uh, and to hide themselves uh, in a place that uh, the terrorists were not able to uh, find. They stayed uh, in this battlefield for 24 hours. Um, uh, and in certain point, uh, Alon started to take uh, Geffen in his hands towards the back, towards the kibbutz. Um, and after 24 hours, they managed to get there. And... Um, and find the uh, troops that were already in the entrance of the kibbutz and now they are happily thankfully uh here with us um and uh but we don't know what happened to her then since then uh, the last point in the last uh, time uh that um, Alonso her, saw her was uh, by this tree um i was in the last two days in this um Battlefield, um, going with the troops in the troops in in and around Barrie, towards yeah. this uh, place, looking for her, uh, to try to find her, looking for her. Yes. Yeah.
1: What do you want people to know about Yarden? How old is Yarden?
10: Yarden was supposed to celebrate, and I was, and she will celebrate her thirty-sixth uh, birthday uh, on uh, two weeks from now. Uh, and we are definitely hoping to have this celebration with us here in um, uh, in our family home.
1: And your brother-in-law's mother and his sister were also kidnapped, and there was video circulating of his mother. H- has he heard anything else about their whereabouts?
10: No, they were, each
1: one like they were
10: kidnapped from the same house, but separately. So he did not see. Um, where they were taken, but we assume uh, that they were also, that they're also hostage, as we are um, assuming that most probably because uh, we've been searching for two days and there were no findings, uh, also not uh, harsh findings that uh, like blood and or or any signs of injuries or fighting in the area where you're then was last seen, so we assume um, while we are hoping that she's still in Israel and we will find her in the next few days, we are it's most probably and most likely that she was uh, yeah. just taken again and kidnapped and now uh, also hostage. So in our family, um, basically, we have uh, three innocent women um, uh, in, under Hamas's hands. Yeah.
1: Yankeli, what, what, if if you could talk to the terrorists right now, if you could talk to Hamas right now, about Gilly, about getting her back? What what would you say to them?
10: Well, I I don't think that this, uh, this type of conversation is something that it's uh, practically for me to to imagine. I think that uh, what they have done and what they are doing right now, it's completely inhumane. Um, And I think that uh, only someone who can understand that uh, taking hostage of uh, innocent civilians, and making them a target they are not even a mean towards an end. They are the end. They were the target. Yeah. They are the symbol of this terrorist attack. And I, and I think that, uh, it's not Hamas who needs to realize it because obviously this is not part of their value sets, but I think that, uh, the world needs to understand. And, uh, and also I think us needs to, to understand that this is a new, case study for terrorism, um, which is targeting as a symbol, children and, and, and mothers and elderly people um, as the main target and as the main symbol. And I think that every single terrorist in the world is watching us right now, looking what is the price tag for that? What is going to happen when you are aiming for, for this? And celebrating the the fact that this is uh, that this is happening, and still after the devastating uh, death that are ha- that have <clears throat> have happened, um, they are still holding innocent people, yeah. probably hundreds of innocent people, including um, as we already mentioned, my sister and uh, and Alon's family, his mother and his and his sister as hostages um so i don't think i have anything specifically to say to them i think that the pressure needs to come from every nation that uh that not only respect human values but also want to uh send a message of how severe um and how clear um the um, uh the me- this message should be yeah. of what we are not willing to tolerate yeah. and the fact that We cannot bring, unfortunately, we cannot bring close to a thousand people who died, who were murdered back. But those people, we can get back. And I think that it should happen. It should happen fast. And uh, I think that every single voice in the world should say right now, bring them back immediately. I think that this is the call that I expect. It's not a call, it's not a conversation between me and Hamas, it's a conversation between the world and Hamas. Yeah.
1: Kelly Roman, we'll be, uh, we'll be praying for your sister. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And we'll be right back. Thank you for joining us on The Lead today. I'm Jake Tapper. Our coverage continues now with Wolf Blitzer in the Situation Room. I'll see you tomorrow.